you have single-handedly changed our family because of mastermind because i felt safe enough and realized with your help realized that it's not just about the picking up of the toys and the back talk and the productive conversation scripts it's not about that it's about healing myself and becoming a better version of myself and showing up and being able to be that way for my entire family I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. My name is Randy Rubenstein, and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast. At Mastermind Parenting, we're on a mission to support strong-willed kids and the families that love them. You're listening to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast with Randy Rubenstein, bonus episode, conversation with Nancy Perry, my yoga teacher. So today I have a conversation Y'all have to excuse the sound because I had some technology issues after my computer was dead and I thought it was fried because we had uh, Hurricane Nicholas. I don't know if it was a tropical storm or hurricane the other night and our power went out. And anyway, so when I went to, to sign on, my computer wasn't working, you know, always always fun around here. Um, so I sat down with Nancy Perry, who is the owner of Big Power Yoga in Houston. And I wanted to have a conversation with Nancy because I really feel like there's so many misconceptions about yoga. And when I found this studio in Houston, I started going here probably seven or eight years ago. I want y'all to know that years ago, I was the most unlikely person to do yoga. I didn't know, like, I didn't know how to listen to my body. I didn't know how to take a deep breath. I didn't grow up athletic. I didn't grow up exercising. I did a lot of sitting on the couch. And then when I became a teenager, I did a lot of partying. The last thing I ever really wanted to do was exercise. So years ago, I started running. And I ran for probably like 10 years and I ran some half marathons and I hated every second of it, except for I would, and the reason you might be like, why did you do it? And really I just did it because I knew that like, if you wanted to be somewhat healthy or I don't know, just responsible, you have to exercise, you have to do something. So I was just like sucking it up and I would make it better. I would, I had a running partner for many years and we would meet early in the morning before I even got my kids ready for school. And it was, you know, it was my time with my friend and we talked the whole time and I did feel a dopamine hit when we would do like the races or when I was driving home after just knowing at 645 that I had, I, I had already run four miles. I'd gotten my exercise in for the day and I felt good. So, uh, so I did like aspects of running after the run. Uh, but finally one day I, my knee started hurting and after my third child, like my bladder was always, I always felt like I had to pee all the time. 
And, um, and so then all of a sudden I just was like, I don't know, maybe I could figure out some other form of exercise. So I started doing yoga, not at big where I do it with Nancy. Um, I actually went to a little teeny tiny studio and the lady had to teach me how to breathe. Like I had no clue how to take the deep inhales and the slow exhales, which really you guys, I've noticed that like a lot of us don't know how to properly breathe to calm our bodies down, right. Or to gain access to more strength. Um, and so I really learned how to breathe in yoga and then I started looking for studios. I went to some different studios. And when I found Big, it was not close to my house. It was just, there was nothing about it that was convenient. It, at the time, I think Nancy, she was probably still in her 20s. And it was, she opened the studio with another young woman. They didn't have children yet. It was a much younger crowd. Uh, and I started going there and like, it was just this special, magical place. Like, like nowhere, nowhere else had I done yoga that I felt like it was like, I don't know, it was like a movement. And I knew she stood for things that were more than yoga, but I just knew this was a fun place to go. And there was so much diversity. There was tons of, there was different ages. There's, there was different skill levels. There was different body sizes. I also, like many of you, was like, I'm not flexible. I can't even touch my toes. I had chronic um, neck pain. Um now I, people say to me all the time, like, you have such great posture. You're always so upright. And I, for many years, just walked around like with my shoulders slumped forward. Um, I, and, and so when I started going here, I just felt like it was just this loving place. And it wasn't just like a bunch of yoga show-offs who, it was really like, I would go to these classes and, you know, the vibe was just so good. And Nancy just had this magical quality. So she's the studio owner, one of the studio owners. And, um, she, you know, she really, she's the one who trains the teachers and, um, it wasn't, it's not like she's teaching the classes all day long. So I would go to the classes that were by teachers that she had trained and she just was this super cool person that I just could tell she was somebody who was delightful to work for. Like I could tell her teachers all felt empowered. Um, she also really picked great teachers. And I don't know, I think maybe I was just like attracted to her, to who she was as a person, as a business owner, I was just sort of a super fan. And so I found this great place. And I remember my cousins came in one holiday, maybe for Thanksgiving from Portland. And, um, and they, you know, my cousins are like all kind of cool and kind of grungy and kind of into all, you know, I've been always like the mainstream lame one, like the least likely person to probably be into yoga for them. And I remember, I think it was Thanksgiving morning. They do this special Thanksgiving morning class and I went to it and I took my cousins and they were all like, Wow you are so lucky to have this studio here. That was the coolest experience because there's just this community and this sweating and, um, it, and it's rigorous, you know, it's rigorous, but like there's people at all skill levels because they run these programs where very, you know, people who are total beginners come and it's just this inclusive, they truly stand for inclusivity. Um, and so I've just, been a member 
of the studio. Just loved it and appreciated it. And specifically been a super fan of Nancy. And I just have always felt like she brings the magic and she's way more than what you would think of as a typical yoga teacher. She's just, it's not, if anybody remembers that, remember that lady stopped the insanity, Susan Power from, or is it Power? Powders? Maybe Susan Powder um, from years and years ago, who was like this little blonde pixie lady with all this energy and she was all intense. Nancy's almost like the, like, the new age version of that, like she's, she's like good, intense, like in only the most loving way that she's charismatic and she, um, and she does all these cool moves, but she also like invites you to listen to your own body. And every single class is like a coaching session basically. So I just was talking, I was like, I want to bring Nancy on the podcast because I want more people who are like, oh, I'm not a yoga person. Uh, I want more people to know that yoga is this very practical method for like ultimately um, learning how to listen to your body, learning how to control your anger, learning how to, (coughs) I even talk about it on the, um, excuse me, let me take a little sip. I even talk about it on the podcast with her. Um, it helped me to stop smoking. Um, it just has brought a lot into my life and um, it helped, it cured my chronic neck problems. It helped me learn how to put my body into alignment. And what, you know, my thought was, was I think so many of us have unhealed stuff swirling in our body, whether you struggle with chronic anxiety Um, You tend to get explosive towards your kids or your partner. Um, You have a lot of tension and anger in your household. You've got this little person that seems to be living in this very reactive, explosive place. But then if you get really honest with yourself, so are you. And I feel like this is this healing modality and it's here. And it's like every city seems to have yoga studios. But now, because of COVID, what big yoga has done is it's gone virtual. And so they, like every time we do a class, she's got a camera up there or whoever the instructor is, and they're talking to the online community. They have people from around the world practicing. So they've like started here in Houston, Texas, but they have this global community that does yoga with them multiple times a day. And I was just like, this is such... Uh, an affordable option that really has provided intense healing for me in my life. And it's just so practical. Like everybody's like, oh, I should go to therapy. I should do like therapy is great. And what I have learned is that if you stay, if you only, if you only try to heal through talk therapy and in using your brain and what you're thinking about, and you don't include your body, it really you really can only go so far. You have to include the body. And so yoga to me is a modality for healing. Um, So I wanted to invite Nancy on so we could just have a good conversation and, you know, look, listening back to the replay, I think because I was a little starstruck because I love her so much and I just feel like she's going to be on, I don't even know. She's going to be on Oprah one day. She's 
definitely got a magical presence about her and many gifts that I sort of have a celebrity crush on her, even though maybe she's not a celebrity yet, but I really, it's like if, if you, my husband used to say, if people were stocks, I'd invest in that person. Like if people were stocks, I'd invest in Nancy. So I was a little bit fangirling and, you know, I think when like you're fangirling, you nervous talk. So I talk a little too much in this and I, and I'm hoping that we'll have a follow-up conversation at some point where I can really give her the floor to um, share her gifts more. And I would say go directly to bigpoweryoga.com and um, and learn from her directly. Like do one of her yoga programs because she is a magical presence. So that's what I've got for you guys this week. I know many of us are sick of all this pandemic, everything. It's messy out there. People are stressed and struggling. And uh, and I really just wanted to bring you all this bonus episode uh, as a tool to support you and um, and help all of you deal with these tough times. So enjoy. Okay. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Randy. Um, okay. So thanks for being here. We were just kind of chatting before we got started about what our intentions are. And I really just want us to have a conversation. Um, and I invited you specifically because I have um, I have a really high standard of excellence. Um, I just like I believe that life is a collaboration of amazing people and learning from amazing people. And so I when I find the amazing people that are that have powerful gifts for teaching and helping people to feel better, just feel better in their lives, feel better in their bodies. Um, I love to kind of bring that forward and introduce people to things that they may not have known about. And so I invited you because I'm a super fan of you. I am. And, um, and I have been learning and coming to your yoga classes and your studio for a lot of years. And, um, and really just, it's been your yoga studio has been something I did yoga several other places before I found big yoga and, um, in Houston. And, um, and I was introduced to it through other teachers and they were lovely. Um, but it wasn't until I came to you and your studio that it really made a powerful impact in my life. And so I wanted to just introduce you to my listeners and let you share your magic. Wow. Randy, what an amazing introduction. Thank you. Thank you for those amazingly kind words. Thank you. And I'm so grateful to get to be here with you. And yeah, it's been a long time since you've been coming to big. It has like a long time. Yeah, so, like thank like you. Seven or eight years. I don't know. Mm-hmm. How long have y'all yeah. been open? Yeah, we've been open. It will be 10 years this mm-hmm. coming February. So yeah, about I mean, that's what I was thinking, like seven or eight years you've been coming. Yeah. So, coming along. Well, time. well, um, thank you for those kind words. And I'm vi- I feel the same way about you. And I'm very grateful to get to be here today. Very, very grateful. So thank you for having me. Well, and I think it's um, you know, look, I have come as a student um, and have the utmost respect for you. But I also think this is a neat conversation because like we don't really know each other 
personally so much. You know, it's like we hang out or um, we've become, you know, friends. Um, So I really just have kind of come and just been a fly on the wall and had my own experience. And the neat thing about you is that I think in the personal development space, um, there, like I was just saying to my husband the other day, I said, you know, I don't want to go to a therapist that spanks their kids. Like, I don't want to go to a nutritionist that smokes and drinks Diet Coke all day. Not, you know, no judgment to people who smoke and drink Diet Coke all day. Like, that's your own personal journey. I get it. Like, been there. And, um, and <laughs> me too. <laughs> right, been there. But, but I want to go to someone who actually walks their talk. And so the thing I've loved about, about big yoga is that when I'm in, like, I feel energy and, um, and I, I can just feel it. And so in the personal development space, I've just been around a lot of people who I think, um, really want to believe they're walking their talk, but I don't believe them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I sense like, like, you know, like competitiveness in there and, um, and just, I don't know, just, it it just, it's like, they're preaching one thing, but I'm like, are you really living this? And what I've always felt like from you is that this is you, like you're really walking your talk. Like, I really feel like when you say in your class, listen to your body and anytime you need to go into child's pose, go into child's pose and, and listen to your body and also be onto yourself if you're in pain or you're, you just said this in the class yesterday, is it discomfort or is it pain? Because if it's discomfort, what about like, and I'm paraphrasing here, but what I took from it was don't be scared of the discomfort. Like discomfort pushes your body to the next level, you know, and, and decipher between pain and discomfort. So, um, so I've loved that you really encourage people first and foremost to listen to their own body, you know? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first of all, thank you. Thank you for all of those kind words. Um, you know, that's, I think it's nothing. If someone was like, what's the greatest tool that you have gotten from your teachers or from your yoga practice? It just, the thing that's right here right now is that communication with your body. Mm-hmm. Cause that, I mean, that is the thing that helps me do, I mean, like do my best to, to, to walk my talk. And that's why it's super important that our, my talk at least includes that, like <laughs> where, where I'm just fa- failing all over the place and where I'm just in total discovery. And that connection to my body is the number one tool that helps me walk my talk, especially when I don't want to. And mm-hmm. that gives me, I'll just say that just the, the, the confidence to not know when I'm teaching mm-hmm. and when I'm leading and when I'm living my life, because I mean, I think that's when it matters the most is when we don't, when we don't know mm-hmm. what to do. Like with the mm-hmm. example you were giving earlier, Randy, it's like the parenting. So, you know, I'm in, I'm a new parent. Well, my daughter's three and my son's almost two. So I kind of got like two for the price of one real quick. And, uh, you know, my daughter just started doing this cute little thing and the heartbreaking little thing where after I leave the house, she calls me from my husband's phone crying. 
mm. you know, b- because I've left. And um, there's um, the way in which I really want to beat myself up. Do you know, like have that mm-hmm. guilt in that moment and that guilt has a really certain body sensation to it. And where do you um, feel it? Tell me where you feel it when you feel sure. that guilt. So for me, when I feel guilt, it's like um, a tightening in my throat. Mm-hmm. And it's like my energy really moves up into the space of my head. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. like, it's like, it's like I can feel it in my shoulders, my trapezius muscles, my neck, my jaw. And it's like a very head up, neck up energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And thinking, 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 thoughts, 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 thoughts. Like that, mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. And um, when I can notice that and sense that, the thing is like the, the guilt isn't going to help me or her. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not going to help either of us. Mm-hmm. So to be able to notice that and to be there with her as myself is is the greatest tool that, that there is. Because there's nothing I can say or do in that moment to fix the situation. It's not my job to fix the situation. My job is to be there and love her. And then it goes for whatever, whatever, in whatever instance I'm in, like to be with you or whoever. My, my job is always going to be there. My job is always to be there with that person mm-hmm. and to love them, even if I don't like them. I do mm-hmm. like my daughter, though. You know. So and that that's all. So how do body. you? How do you? So she call, you get the call. Mm-hmm. And she's crying. Uh-huh. Okay. So just walk us through. Do you like in your head, what, what is the sentence in your head when you hear her that reminds you to notice, like, do you, do you, is it like click, 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 you notice it in your throat and then you take a deep breath? Or, like, how do you respond? Yeah. Let me just look and see. Let me just kind of tra- trace through there. Well, you know, the mantra, the parenting mantra that I know you use in some, some, um, you know, I might be saying it differently than you would say, but, you know, toddlers and all people, toddlers, this is why it's just so genius what you do, Randy, because all people are kids, right? <laughs> right? So, um, you know, they're never giving you a hard time. They're having a hard time, right? right? So when it comes to my parenting and also my wifing and my <laughs> That, that when I feel those body sensations, that's what I say to myself is like, okay, they're not giving you a hard time. They're having a hard time because my, like that, that super quick, like the way that works for me is like, they're upset. It's about me. I'm wrong. Mm. They're upset. It's about me. I'm wrong. That's the thought pattern that goes with that, those body Mm -hmm. sensations. So Mm -hmm. she's upset. I'm a bad mom, you know, like that. Uh, he, my husband's upset, but you know, I'm a bad wife. Let's make it about me. So anyhow, in this instance, my daughter calls, I, I, that, that chain of reaction happens. I feel the body sensation. She's upset. I'm a bad mom, da, 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 like that. And then just to, just to notice the body sensations is, is enough to make a shift, mm-hmm. but you know, and it's, it's that practice though. Cause what I've discovered over time is like, just any amount of time that I spend in that state is time that I'm not being who I'm meant to be. And when I say that state is like that physiological state of my body. Anytime mm-hmm. that I'm in that tension, my body is telling me, Hey, you are not being your best self right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You are not being. And then that part of me that is my best, that is not my best self 
wants me to think I have to have it figured out and I have to fix it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So the moment that I can notice that and can relax back into my body and uh, choose to start to make that shift, I can remember that that's, that's not my job. My job is to love her and love that person. Then that, mm-hmm. then I can say, okay, oh, sweetheart, you're sad. <gasps> oh my gosh. Me too. Mm-hmm. I'm really sad when I have to leave you because I love you so much. And then she, you mm-hmm. know, she's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know. So it's oh that. Was, but can it's, I just break down what you just said? Sure, please. Okay. So people come to me and they're like, but what do I say? Okay, but my kid called me and, um, and you know, I'm stressed and I'm running a business and I've got these three businesses that I run, you know, because Nancy doesn't just run a yoga studio. Like you got your hands in lots of things and lots of people want a piece of you. Okay. And so, um, and so now she's calling you and it's very easy to kind of go into the story of I'm prioritizing all the wrong things. I'm rushing out of the house. I'm going on, you know, somebody's podcast. Like, like this is my child. Like this is like, here's evidence right before me. I have an unhappy crying child who's crying because of me. It shows evidence that I am failing at my most important job and I'm prioritizing all the wrong things. And so it's easy to like, get into your head and sort of allow that, you know, egoic part of us to take over and Absolutely. you know beat ourselves up. And for many of us, the conditioning of you're doing it wrong, you're doing it wrong, you're doing it wrong is so strong for so many of us who were raised in a fixed mindset culture um, is it, it, it's so prevalent that we can just like stall out, freeze, say all the wrong things, try to talk the child out of their feelings, right? Validate her. Um, but you being such a master of listening to your body, this is what you do for a living. You teach people how, in a very practical way, how to listen to the infinite wisdom of their bodies. Like Mm -hmm. in that class for me, when you said, just notice, are you feeling pain or are you feeling discomfort? There are two different things, right? So, you know, so notice if it's pain, you got to listen to your body and you need to ease off, back off. That's not going to be, you know, that's not going to be in your best interest. It's not Mm going to serve you. But if it's discomfort, if there's some shaking, if there's some, you know, access to strengthening yourself, which it takes discomfort to strengthen our bodies, then don't prevent yourself from getting stronger. Don't stand in your own way. You know, allow yourself to feel the discomfort. So you being, you know, a master of that, teaching people how to listen to their bodies. So you naturally have now that skill set where you're listening to your body. So you get out of your head, you go into your body, you listen to your body, then you allow your body to guide you. You don't overthink it. You take a breath, you notice the constricting feeling, you bring some ease through the breath. 
And then naturally, what do you do as a human that loves this little teeny tiny human? You don't make her wrong. You don't invalidate her. You just say, oh, honey, you empathize. You state the obvious. You're feeling this way. And then all of a sudden, and you say, me too, right? So you bring that sense of, you are not alone. I miss you too. There's nothing wrong with missing people that you love. Mm -hmm. Like you're conditioning a little teeny tiny three-year-old that it's okay to be uncomfortable to experience sadness because you miss me, because you miss the people you love. That's totally fine. Like that's so incredibly powerful. And I don't, Mm -hmm. I think most people, because me included, like I didn't know how to listen to my body. Like that would have even sounded like a strange concept, you know? Right, right. Because what, yeah, it, it, it's such a nuanced, right? Your body doesn't communicate in language. It only communicates in sensation. And it's right. sensing a, a lot of things. It senses a lot. So it is, it takes, it takes something. It takes lit, like, you know, just like, you know, Emmy, my daughter in that situation, or all of us as human beings. That's why I think one of the reasons the kids are just so magical is that they're teaching us how we all operate all the time. Just we're, right. we, we never grow out of that. And uh, we're emotional, emotional beings. That's a wonderful thing. We're sensitive because we sense. Right. We're, we're, we, we sense our bodies are sensing things all the time and beyond just what we touch. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's, there's emotions, vibrate, and it's physics. It's not like we, it's, it's physics, right? A vibe, mm-hmm. we sense a vibration. We sense an emotion because it is a real, real thing. And uh, the way that our body starts to trust us to listen is first of all, when we actually listen, right? So if I'm in that conversation or in a yoga pose, clenching my jaw, holding my breath, my body knows I am not listening and I am not interested and mm-hmm. I'm just there to override it. Mm-hmm. Right? Our bodies are, are we're, we, mm-hmm. our souls are only ever doing one of two things. One is we're listening to our body. That's great. That's what we should do. The second is we're overriding it. It's either one, it's one of those two things. Our body's always, always, always telling us the truth. And then we're either listening or we're overriding it. Mm-hmm. And um, when we can bring the, so for me, when I feel that jaw clench, we're like, you know, they're not breathing. That's the soften the jaw, soften my jaw, find my breath so I can actually mm-hmm. listen. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes, you know, the, 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 the pang of discomfort, intensity, what I've found that that's teaching me as a mom and as a human being in all my relationships, including my relationship with myself, when there's a pang of some sort of intense sensation, right? First of all, like you said, Randy, is like, don't go to label it pain. Just go to like, oh, I feel something. There's always, when we feel something, an opportunity to make a really powerful choice. And our life is just a series of choices. So getting great at knowing when we're being called to make a choice is super important. And sometimes like it, I am going to get that sensation where my body feels like, oh, like you shouldn't be leaving the house. What you haven't prioritized well, mm-hmm. you know, like, and sometimes it's going to be like, oh, I just feel discomfort because her heart is broken and, and like that. So, and they, they all have different sensations for all of us. 
Like mm-hmm. there's going to be that gut feeling where I know like, yeah, I need to cancel a thing and spend the time with my child. Right. And then there's going to be the other sensation that's like, oh, that's uncomfortable. And the choice for me to, ch- it's, it's an opportunity for me to, to choose love and to listen and to stay in the discomfort. Mm-hmm. You know, my teacher, her name is Suzanne. Uh, when I first trained with her, so she leads a body of work called Light Your Leadership. And I got certified in her work about eight years ago. And um, it's a, a body of work that's based on the body's innate intelligence and also spiritual principles that goes really hand in hand with yoga. And in her manual that she made for us, there is a, um, a, a it's, it's, it's something you can read to clear yourself. Mm-hmm. Right after you you lead a session to make sure that you are 100% yourself. So like you're checking in with your body. Am I in any guilt? Did I override anyone else's choice? All these very interesting questions that are very useful to be asking. But anyhow, it says, um, I will not walk something. Suzanne, forgive me, I'm paraphrasing. It says, I refuse to bat, you know, battle against anyone else's walks, beliefs, or attitudes. Mm-hmm. And I also refuse to attempt to become the comfort that would displace the discomfort that would allow that other person to grow. Mm. Mm. You know, so part of our job is to not, or my job with my daughter and the people in my life is to notice the body sensations of wanting to fix. Yep. Cause that's like a false sense of comfort. Mm-hmm rather than loving her enough that she can explore the discomfort Mm -hmm. holding the space so she can grow. Otherwise I'm robbing her of that growth. Then I never do my job with my mom. Look, it's very uncomfortable to sit in with someone else's discomfort that you love. Yes. Um, Especially, I think, when you're a female in Western culture and in many cultures where you've been conditioned to please all the people around you and make sure everyone around you is happy, that's your job, not to check in with yourself, right. but to keep other people happy. So it's literally going against our own conditioning. Yeah. You know, and you can't and, even and, do it. You can't even you can't even please everyone. You can't even do it. No, there's no way you can. And, but 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 this is why I think it's you know, this is where I think it's so cool that we can recondition ourselves because yes. by you listening to your body, you're allowing your body to guide you in that moment where you don't need a script for me. What do I say again? Like you knew intuitively what to say because you've reconditioned yourself to actually follow the wisdom of your body. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the, the cool thing is, you know, like, well, number one, I want to say this. There's, do you know who Peter Levine is? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he's like, I don't know the expert, the leading expert probably on trauma. Okay. And, um, and he, his method, his therapeutic method is called somatic experience Mm -hmm. SE, right? So therapists and practitioners go through a special training with him and, and he teaches them how to, um, actually work through and process trauma, right? Um, traumatic events. So, he tells a story that I think is so powerful. And he says he was, 
like at, I think like a senior citizen's home and there was a older gentleman and he was walking, maybe using a walker or cane or something. And he, he falls, he trips, he has a misstep and he falls on the ground and everyone rushes over to him because, you know, everyone's concerned and they want to help him. They want to fix this, his fall. Right. And they rush over to him and Peter says, whoa, wait, stop. And he gets down on the ground with this older man and he just sits with him. And he says, and he looks at him and he says, it's okay. I'm just going to sit here with you as long as you need. I'm not going anywhere. It's okay. We'll just sit here together. Mm. Just sat with him on the ground and just sat. And he just breathed and sat and assured him, I'm not going anywhere. Like, I don't need to hurry and get you up and make sure you're okay and 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 make sure that all the drama and the chaos is gone. He just 100% focused on this man and sat with him. And he said, the man pretty quickly started crying and shaking. And as he was crying and shaking, Peter said, you're okay. I'm right here. I got you mm. I'm right here with you. And after he cried and shake, he shook for a few minutes. Peter looked at him and he said, you let me know when you're ready to get up and I'll help you up. Mm. And he said they were on the floor for about five minutes. And then the man, you know, the tears were gone. They had, it had the sensation, the emotion had moved through him and he wasn't shaking anymore. And he grabbed Peter's hand. And he said, okay, I'm ready to get up. And they got up and he said, you know, animals in the wild, when there's a gazelle that's about to get attacked by a lion and it goes into a, a freeze state and all the other gazelles come and gather around and then there's a pack of gazelles. And so as a pack, they go and they run and they outrun the lion and they're and they're fine afterwards. That initial gazelle who was in a state of fight or flight, right? In a dysregulated state in its body, it will shake all over its body for about 90 seconds, right? So that emotion, that scared emotion moves through the gazelle's body. Like he said, you know, animals in the wild don't have PTSD because they, they know, innately how to feel the sensations in their body and allow that sensation to move through them. And once they shake it off, it's done. So there's no anxiety. Like like animals in the wild are not riddled with anxiety because they know innately how to shake it off. And what he said was, was when he sat with that man, that man is not going to have PTSD and chronic anxiety because of that incident. But if everyone had rushed over and helped him up and not allowed him to have the shake response, he would probably have, you know, left the remnants of that experience. Oh, yes. Yes. I mean, I don't know if I've seen a video of that, what you're talking about with the gazelles. Mm -hmm. It's pretty amazing. And it's Mm -hmm. a literal, it's a, it's an actual, just the the shake. Mm-hmm. It works. And, um, you know, I don't know if Peter would say this, and this is, this is what I've 
experienced, however, is mm-hmm. that, you know, when we do react, right, versus respond, right? So, you know, right. when we react to someone else's discomfort or like like in this incident, our own fear, doubt, shock, panic, trauma will close in on that other person and they will not have the space to be able to process, right? So our own fear, doubt, judgment, need to fix kind of cuts off. And um, of course, there are extraordinary human beings that have choice and can sense when someone else is bringing that and can, but you know, when we bring that, we are not facilitating someone else's healing or, or our own. You know, I heard somewhere, I can't remember who said this, and though it resonated as true for me, at least, which is, you know, in like in that moment with this man, when we experience a trauma mm-hmm. or a big life event, it's it's not often the physical, I mean, we store it physically, but it wasn't the physical fall that maybe causes the long-term PTSD or impact, it's more of the embarrassment, mm-hmm. the shock on the, right? Like the, the, mm-hmm. uh, we'll say unuseful emotion that mm-hmm. the body then stores and isn't able to shake out or process because it's not given the correct space, right? Because I can imagine, or I know of my own experience when I've fallen or done something like that, there is that embarrassment or especially if someone's trying to fix me or not give me my own free will or my own choice or my own agency that I don't feel like I have the space to allow it to move through to move through and it gets stuck in something like embarrassment or a self-judgment or something like that 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 just resonates true in my own experience I don't know if Peter would say that no well I mean imagine the most loving thing I could imagine is somebody who doesn't try to fix you and just sits with you mm-hmm. and basically sends you the message. You're worthy of me just being here with you, just showing up here with you. Absolutely. Like, like you are seen and heard and worthy of me not needing to feel more comfortable by getting you to a better place. I'll just be with you on your time and allow you to process through it. There's no rush. Yeah. You know, so like when you're talking to your daughter on the phone and she's crying and she's sad and you're like, I hear you, you know, and yeah, I miss you too. And it's, yeah, you you feel sad and you're just like with her in that. To me, that's such a beautiful example because it's so loving. And I think, you know, little kids live in their emotional brains and and are very present in their bodies, right? And yes, then, totally. and then we, and then usually we're spending our entire adulthood um, forgetting we were we were conditioned to forget that, you know. And so then we spend our adulthoods like many of us are like, oh, I should meditate. Oh, I've heard yoga is healthy for you. Um, oh, I should do those things. Yeah, I hear they're good for you. Whatever. Um, but most of us just have lost sight of that because we were we were conditioned to turn that off. And then we're given this child, this little teacher to help us remember the things we've forgotten. And what mm-hmm. we do accidentally quite often is 
we then condition them to forget, right? By telling them to stop listening to their bodies. Mm-hmm. And the, the, you know, the people who I help the most are people who have a strong-willed child. And my theory is that the strong-willed ones are are the ones who are here to really remind us, right? Yeah, like they're yeah like, big time. <laughs> they're like, wait a minute. No, 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 no. I am not turning it off. I can't even turn it off. My system right. is so sensitive. I can't. This is what I'm feeling. This is important. There's something to figure out. There's something to figure out. And I'm not going to let you off the hook that easy. Mm-hmm. You know, my sister or my brother, they might be willing to like be shut down and not cause a whole big stink. But me... I actually have such a strong inner knowing that I'm not going to be that easy to shut That's it right. off. And, shut yeah. it down. and so they're here to like shake us, to remind us, to allow them to go through the shake. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, that, and if we allow ourselves, it's it's if we allow ourselves to move through that discomfort. And for me, if I allow myself to move through that discomfort and let go of my own agenda, Right. So when I'm thinking about like my thinking mind that does things like I should go to yoga, but I'm not. Or um, I know I should make this change in my life, but da, 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 da. Right? like when I live in that space, you know, that's where the stress lives. Anyhow, when I can when I can choose to let go of the agenda and really be with what is right there and the change that wants to happen, mm-hmm. I can be with that discomfort. And for me, the discomfort also lives in letting go of my own agenda for that, for my child, for that other person, for my day, right? It's a big practice to release my agenda. But when I can do that and really be with that discomfort of letting go, being with what's right here, that's where, that's when the love emerges. That's where the magic emerges and all of those amazing sensations that, you know, have you feel so good at the end of yoga class because you did that disciplined, focused work and it takes work, right? It takes not hard. It's like, it's easy work, but it takes for me like that, the letting go. This is how it should be. This is how this person should be. This is how I should be. This is how the circumstances should be. When I am able to do that, that's where the freedom is on the other side of that discomfort. Well, let me just tell you, for me, yoga, what I tell most people is it's just, it's like the ultimate multitask. In life, mm-hmm. yeah, totally <laughs> everything you need in one right, one sixty like, minute experience. I mean, seriously, it's like I go and I practice. I, I, I mean, I have so many people who say to me, "I don't know how to do the whole deep breath," like you know. And so I I learned how to take a deep inhale and a slow exhale. I used to think honestly, um, like I think I was a closet smoker for many years. And I was, you know, a smoker smoker when I was like, you know, a teenager or whatever. And then I was a closet smoker. I battled with closet smoking for many years. And my, and I'm like, I don't really, I didn't realize that I was allowed to take deep inhales and slow exhales without carcinogens and nicotine. Like that's what, to me, yoga was like, oh, when you're feeling uptight in your body or bored or whatever, you're feeling some kind of discomfort. You can just do this thing, which, you know, in yoga, y'all call it ujjayi breath, but it's really just a long, deep inhale. It's like it is. It's like yoga to me is like, yeah, life starts on an inhale, ends on an exhale. I think that's what cigarettes 
um, represented for me. And I just didn't right. even realize it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That deep, that, and that reset, that letting go. Right. And it's like this relaxing, you know, it was like, real. and I was like, oh, so I can go to a yoga class. I can practice my, you know, rebalance my nervous system. Like I used to use cigarettes for, mm-hmm. you know, I can, it feels a lot of times like a massage because I'm constantly relaxing certain parts of my body. I'm tensing and I'm relaxing. I'm mm-hmm. tensing and I'm relaxing. Yes. And I get a good sweat in, my heart rates up. So it's an it's it's true exercise. I mean, the kind of yoga that we do. Yes, it's, yes, it is. Right. So it's like a detox, it's a massage, it's a metaphor, it's like a, you know, it's like therapy, it's a coaching. I mean, it's the ultimate coaching metaphor because always y'all say like what happens on the mat is happening out in your life. And so there's always something that happens the second part of the practice where I start to get an explosion usually of ideas because my mind is now finally clear. My body's had a release. So it's like creativity. I mean, there's, there's so much that happens to me in, in a, in a 45 to 60 minute class that I'm like, I just don't understand. I feel like more people need to realize that there's this very practical method for reconditioning yourself to listen to the wisdom of your body and to do something like this is the ultimate self-care. And I just feel like more people don't need to understand what it really represents. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's yoga is so cool for so many reasons and all of those reasons that you just shared. And, um, you know, what I was hearing while you were saying that, I was like, yeah, it's just, it's all so simple and so practical and it's so simple. We think it can't even make that big of a difference mm-hmm. and it can, and we don't know the difference until after we experience it. So it's, you know, it doesn't matter. It never matters what we understand. It matters what we experience. And though, what else is so cool about yoga is it's been around for thousands of years. Yeah. So it's ancient, it's time tested. So it's got that aspect to it. And, you know, it can, you can have, like you're saying, like mystical, creative, other like experiences where you're like, Mm -hmm. wow, this amazing idea. That's getting connected to another level where you can hear things to do and see things, see different possibilities. And it's just so incredibly practical. Like it gives you also the, the little things are the big things, right? Mm -hmm. The moment with your child. Mm-hmm. The moment with your boss, mm-hmm. the moment I had this moment the other day that I was just not my best self with the person on that was not giving me what I wanted with my business's software, you know, mm-hmm. I was, and I left that conversation like I didn't feel good because I wasn't mm-hmm. my best, mm-hmm. you know, and I feel grateful that I had the awareness that okay, I wasn't my best self in that moment because I knew how it felt after. Mm-hmm. But to have the tools to be able to do that and then forgive ourselves mm-hmm. also, mm-hmm. right? If we're willing to see like, oh, I just don't feel good. What do I need to forgive myself for? Forgive myself. I've like called back customer service representatives and been like, hey, I'm sorry. I wasn't my bad. You know, you got to connect me to Steve, you know, because, you know, that the li- it's the little, little things mm-hmm. that yoga helps us with. Mm-hmm. And then also the, the little things that feel like big things, like feeling strong and powerful in our bodies. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're designed so simply as human beings. Mm-hmm. Well, like incredibly and beautifully complex, right? Just like the universe, but also incredibly, incredibly simple, mm-hmm. right? That most of the day, my shoulders are hunched and I'm not breathing. Mm-hmm. That's not going to connect me to my best self because that's not how I'm designed. It's not going to have me be in alignment with my best self. That's why we work alignment in yoga practice because being in physical alignment with how our shoulders are stacked over our hips Mm -hmm. or like you're saying, having our nervous system be regulated and also though having an appropriately regulated nervous system, you've got to have the peaks and the valleys, the appropriate tension the appropriate dips. We've got to be able to have both. And our breath helps us be able to know our threshold, Mm -hmm. right? Like, am I moving into a state that is too stressful for me? Mm -hmm. And then we know to back off. That's, that's can be pain on the physical level, pain on the emotional level. Mm -hmm. Nope. I'm not able to withstand this. Let me back off or take a break and backing off or taking a break is not quitting. It's part of the process, right? So to allow ourselves to be able to ebb and flow, experience the peaks and the valleys, that our bodies really love that too. And to be able to be able to have that easy and sustained breath, not to only relax and chill, to be able to be able to experience and um, mm-hmm. navigate the most intense moments of our lives, because life is not inherently relaxing in my experience. So I need to be able to have that breath and also have in my yoga practice an embodied experience of holding extended side angle, like this hard pose and like the hardest point of class for 10 breaths. So I can experience myself choosing ease. So Mm -hmm. I can experience myself not rounding my shoulders, not clenching my jaw that I can be in this challenging situation and choose to bring myself back into alignment and back into breath. So I can have that memory on all levels, not just memory. Like, Oh, I remember myself doing that, thinking about it. Like my body remembers my body remembers. So when we can put ourselves in a little rectangle of space for like you said, 45 to 60 minutes, 30 minutes, 10 minutes. If we do it with consistency, because inherently a, you know, a half moon pose doesn't really matter. Except that it does because it's, it's your life. But if you can in this in seemingly insignificant moment, practice, train your body to breathe when you wobble or fall or it gets challenging, you will, without thinking about it, gain that capacity when your kids are crying or when you're getting heartbreaking news, you will feel the breath kick in. You will notice your body. So it's, it's just so practical for those little moments of life that are also the big moments of life. It is. Well, it's just practical. It's like you can't master any new skill unless you practice. I mean, it's like repetition has to happen. And so it's this practical way of, of, of being able to ultimately learn how to bring back that wisdom of your body. And the thing I think that's so cool about like alignment and even just noticing, like I used to have chronic neck issues, Mm. chronic, chronic neck issues. And just being in the yoga studio and noticing like that my shoulders are back. Like I can, I can crack, like I can go like this and and roll my shoulders back. I didn't know how to do that before. I remember early on, like I don't have the neck issues anymore. 
I, I don't sleep wrong at least once a week and then have a crick in my neck pretty much ever because I understand how to align my spine. I understand how to like suck my belly button in towards my tailbone, pull my tailbone under, even when I'm standing at the grocery store in line. Like I feel like I'm doing elements of yoga because I've learned all this about my own physiology. I can in the studio, I can do it when I'm standing in the grocery line. I used to notice that like I'd get home and my back would hurt. Well, now I know when my back starts to feel a little hurty, when I feel it in the moment, I will inherently tuck in my tailbone, you know, and, and suck in my core and give my back a little reprieve. Mm-hmm. So it's very rare that I have that achy lower back because I'm just kind of listening to my body throughout the day because I've strengthened that skill set from being in the class. So cool. It's so cool. You know, and it's so like, cool. And so I'm like, I'm like, God, I just want more people. It's like, you, you know, people come to me and they're like, I've got this little kid who's just melting down and melting down. And I'm like, you can't give what you don't have. Right. So, so we have to learn how to listen to our bodies to be able to bring that back. And that's why I really wanted just to bring you on and to give people a little introduction. And now with zoom and virtual everything, Um, even people who are listening to this podcast outside of Houston can have access to your classes. So tell people how they can find you and start learning from you. Sure. Yay. Thank you. So we, my studio is called big power yoga. We've got a physical location here in Houston. We have one in Denver. Uh, we also own another studio myself, my business partner, Laura Russ, she owns big with us. And, and we, with me, (laughs) with us, we do it together. And we also have a studio in steamboat, Colorado. That's called Out Here Yoga. So those are our three physical locations. And if you go to bigpoweryoga.com, you can click on our virtual membership. It's just 40 bucks a month. And we've got at least five to eight live classes a day, every day, and tons of on-demand classes from 25 minutes Mm -hmm. to 90 minutes, depending on how much time you have. You Mm -hmm. do use the Mm on-demand? I do. I love it. It's Mm -hmm. awesome. That way you can do it whenever you want. Whenever you want, while your kids are napping or whatever, we've also got meditation. I do it in my closet. I mean, I do it in my closet. I mean, sometimes I do it outside on my patio, but sometimes if I have a house full of people, I do it in my closet, literally. So it's, you know, it's just so accessible. Well, thank you. Thank you for um, talking with me. And uh, it's, you know, I hope, I hope that the listeners got a good intro and maybe we, I don't know, dispelled some myths that they had about yoga or I'm not a yoga person. The other, one other thing I want to say sure. is for anybody who feels like I'm not built, I'm, I'm not built the right way for yoga. I'm not flexible. Um, one of the things I have loved about big yoga, one of the main things is that it is truly a diverse population that comes to big yoga. Like there are all shapes, sizes, um, ethnicities, ages. Um, it's like, and a lot of your instructors also, I like that they're like, Nancy does happen to, you know, it's cool at a Nancy class. Cause she does all kinds of cool tricks and you're like, she's a true 
I mean, you look like you were maybe a gymnast at some point in your life. I was a gymnast growing up. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So like you've got that muscle memory and it's super cool to see you kind of show like this is what it could turn into. And here are the different stages. But I also like that you have instructors that like aren't built like you and aren't like aren't the typical, you know, cool yoga trick people, you know? Totally. Yeah. So important. Yoga is for everybody. Mm -hmm. You work with your breath and your body. Yeah. It's like that. And, you know, whenever, Randy, whenever I hear someone say that I'm not X enough to come to yoga, whether like, you know, I'm not flexible enough or I'm not strong enough or I'm not able to breathe deeply enough. Like you say, I'm always like, well, that's like saying you're too dirty to take a shower. You know, like that's why you do yoga is to get access to your breath, your body awareness, your flexibility. You're not supposed to already have it then you wouldn't need to do it, right? It's, it's, it's to gain a greater access to it no matter where, no matter where you're starting, it's for everybody. Exactly. Um, okay, so fun to talk with you. I know you got a lot going on and a busy day, busy mama, busy business owner. So appreciate you. Randy, thank you so much for having me. Such a gift. Thank you, thank you. Okay, see you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening today, guys. I hope you picked up some tips, tools, maybe some baby steps for creating more balance and boundaries in your life. And I just wanted to let you know, if you want to continue moving the needle forward in creating this for yourself, having a happier household, I want you to go to my website and check out mastermindparenting.com. We have three beginning programs, and if you need some accountability and more support, then please look for the one that would be a good fit for you. Um, And as always, we're on all the social channels under Mastermind Parenting. On Instagram, it's Mastermind underscore Parenting. Um, And, you know, periodically I do pop up on different Instagram lives, Facebook lives where I give you teaching and coaching and I love engaging with you live to help you help your strong-willed kids so that they can feel better because when they feel better, they do better. And um, I love, love, love getting to know you guys. So thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Super, super appreciative.